You've tuned into Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that the messages provide an atmosphere for growth and grace in your relationship with Christ and an opportunity for you to gather together in community, whether online or in person. Now let's go into the message. Well, verse 15 again. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. It was just one. And I want to talk from the topic today, and I want you to help me uh, preach it. And I want you to look at someone beside you and say, I am the one. Look at a few people tell them, I am the one. You may be seated. You may be seated. Last week's message, when um, I was trying to teach um, about um, deliverance and when the presence of um, demonic activity and spirits that uh, come into your life, um, for some, that gave a lot of clarity on a lot of different things. A lot of messages were uh, relayed regarding that. And um, I don't want us to um, miss the power of that by sometimes the emotional outbreak or the experience or the response to um, what God does in the moment. Um, that some of you, even though it gave you clarity and gave excitement and, and gave clarity and insight and illumination on different things that were going on in your life, for some of you, um, the question, looming question in your head that has constantly been on your mind is, well, what if it comes back? And what happens? And I know that we even gave steps to that to say this is how you close that door and how things don't come back. But in this particular scripture, and I know that it doesn't look like it's similar to when a spirit goes out of a person and it goes and looks for another place and all that stuff. And we're looking and we see here um, a situation of an outward sickness or uh, leprosy. And you can see it uh, on the skin. And I've talked about leprosy before and I was taught on it and I preached on it a few messages about it. Uh, but the difference in this particular scripture and some of the other accounts, not just in the same story, but even other accounts, uh, there's, some, there's some fine print details that I want to make sure that we don't miss as it relates to living a victorious life and living a life where you don't have to constantly go back and repair and go back and say, all right, I'll, let me get delivered again, you know, any that type of stuff. Is there any of you all who have ever uh, been taught stuff like that where you're like, let go, go get delivered again, you know, like, you, like the first time it didn't work? Sometimes it is not the delivered again that we need. We need to just make sure that we're updating our habits to match what we are. Scripture says over in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, when it says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Y'all know the scripture. Well, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So this whole series has been designed when it talks about disrupting normal is, how do I update my life to match the newness that God is doing in my life? One thing I know about iPhones, I don't know about any other phones because I don't ascribe to any other ideologies. But according to the iPhone and those of us who follow the cloud, I do know that there are constant updates that are on the phone. I actually get tired of the updates. However, I do know that if I don't update my phone, then some of the glitches that have been in my phone won't be fixed. So I have to update. And there are a lot of us who there are certain glitches and things that have been going on in your life that if you don't have a constant prayer life, 
a constant worship life, a constant going before God, not just Sundays, but consistently leaning into what God wants to do, then there are some glitches that will become normal in your life that we will start to excuse instead of getting them updated. How many of you need an update? How many of you in the room just say, I just want to update? I, want, I don't want to deal. I don't want to live with these glitches. So when we come to this particular story in Luke, the 17th chapter, when Jesus was passing on his way, he was on his way, and as he was on his way it says he was headed to Jerusalem now for those of you who know and have studied the scripture and for those of you who haven't him being on his way to Jerusalem was not just to worship this time he was going to Jerusalem because this was going to be his final trip this was going to be his trip where he was heading into crucifixion. He was headed to go into uh, go into all these different places where they were going to make fun of him. He was going to be spat on. And he was going to walk around and, and they were going to whip him. This was his final destination. So Jerusalem uh, crucifixion, the end of his life was on his mind. But it wasn't so much on his mind that he was blinded to the needs of other people. He was not so fixated on what he was getting ready to endure that he, didn't, that he dismissed the needs of people on his way. There's sometimes, and there's a message in that, and there's a lesson in that we have to apply to our life, that we cannot be so enamored with what we're going through and what we're experiencing that we look over the needs of other people that are in our life. Sometimes the greatest thing that you could ever do to get healing and to get deliverance and power in your own life is to help somebody else. Sometimes the help you need is in helping someone else. Has anybody ever called someone to encourage them, but you got off the phone and felt more encouraged by talking to them than you would have had you not called them? There are some people that I had visited and I felt like I was going to go lift them up, but when I went to go lift them up, they wound up lifting me up instead of me lifting them up. Because what happens is when you start to minister to someone else and when you start to reach and help somebody else, it internally starts to help you because we were designed designed for partnership we were designed for community we were designed to help other people we were not designed to be an island we were not designed just to be by ourselves that's what the enemy wants to do more than anything that's why I talked about that last night is to keep your house clean but not occupied the enemy wants more than anything to cause you to have an open space where you are isolated clean and open for another opportunity that can make you worse than you were the first time but God wants you to be able to feel that space that's why the Thompson Community Choir used to sing the song he used to say Lord I'm available to you my will I give to you I'll do what you say do it says use me Lord and it says what to show someone the way and it says and enable me to say my storage is empty my storage meaning that my 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 area of using my, my area of where I used to be is empty now I need to be poured in by you so that I can be available to you I'm no longer being filled up by the world anymore now I want to be filled up by you and the only reason I want to be filled up by you is so that I can be used to help someone and to lift someone and to pray for someone else it doesn't mean I don't have needs it doesn't mean I'm not going through but I do know that a part of my answer is in helping someone else so here it is when Jesus was headed to Jerusalem but here it is a need met him there are a lot of us who get irritated by a need that meets us 
Because a lot of us are so focused on our need that we want to escape over and look over somebody else's need. But Jesus had so much compassion that he put his need on pause to be able to answer the need of someone else. And he looked at them and these lepers were there and these lepers presented themselves. And for those of you who know this, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but those of you know about leprosy, leprosy was a disease that Jews believed they had done something wrong to get. They felt that they had done some sin of some kind, lived wrong in some kind in a way that caused them to experience this leprosy of this outward skin condition that there was no cure for. That they felt that when they saw someone with leprosy, when they saw someone with a skin condition, their inner dialogue that Jews would have, they would basically say, well, what did they do to get that? What did they do to deserve that? Obviously, they must have done something wrong. Maybe you all have never uh, been in that type of environment where people try to say that whatever you're experiencing is because of some sin that you did or something that you did wrong. Maybe you've never been judged like that before, and if you haven't, glory to God. But there are some of you who are walking around with condemnation from something that you didn't even do, but someone ascribed to you because of your condition. But I want you to know sometimes bad things do happen to good people. You didn't do anything for it. You didn't do anything wrong. But sometimes someone will immediately ascribe something to you just by association. That's what the, uh, the friends of Job had an issue with. They wanted to see what is it that you did to deserve all this calamity. But Job even made a confession. He said, even though he slays me, I still trust him. Do you not know that there are some things that come upon us just to try our faith? It's not that you did anything wrong. God wants to see if I take it away, will you still praise me? If I take it away, will you still love me? If I take it away, will you still honor me? Will you still come to church and cry? Will you still come to worship and be going through at the same time? Can you worship me while you're mourning? Can you be like Hannah? Can you go before the people and they look at you and think you're drunk, but you say the only reason I'm praying, the only reason I'm before you is because I need something from God. I'm tired of being barren I'm tired of being looked over I'm tired of everybody else getting it father if you're passing out blessings let me be a candidate if you're doing miracles let me be a candidate I'll let them talk about me if they want to I'll let them look at me strange if they want to I need something in my life and the reason I'm calling upon you is not because I sinned but I'm calling upon you because you are a savior and I'm sinking right now and if I'm sinking I know you can get me out of this thing let them talk but I I need help somebody say I need help it's not because I did anything wrong it's not because I messed up not because I sinned not because I didn't fast not because I didn't pray sometimes you can do everything right and everything wrong happen at the same time the three Hebrew boys didn't do anything to get thrown into the fire but even though they got thrown in the fire they said even if you do not deliver us our God is still able where are the people who will praise God in the midst of the fire where are the people who will praise God in the midst of the storm and say if God doesn't do it that doesn't mean he's not able it means he hasn't done it yet I'm going to keep knocking at this door until he opens the door because I've seen too much now for me to doubt him Jesus said what do you want these people had been ostracized according to scripture according to uh, historians they say leprosies and those who were lepers were not even supposed to be in community with people 
It's one thing for you to be identified and people think you did something wrong. It's another thing for people to think you did something wrong and because of them thinking you did something wrong, they isolate you. They move you to the, we don't deal with those type of people. They move you to the category of those are not the type of people that I deal with. That's what the category they were in. So they stood afar off. They saw Jesus, but they didn't think they could come near Jesus. And I want to talk to people right now who are in the room that you see him, but you don't think he wants you. Well, you see Jesus, but you don't think you can come near to him because of what they said he was and what type of person they said he was. And have you ever met someone and you had to say to them, you are nothing like what they told me? Have you ever had some dialogue with people where people have said things about other people and you didn't meet them, but you made up your own version in your head based on what you heard? And then when you meet them, you say, I apologize. The reason I talked to you is because I had heard some things and I made up some things in my head and none of that stuff is even true. Nothing that I heard is true about you. You are definitely not what they said. I know y'all don't want to be honest, but I want to be honest. I have done that to people sometimes before where some of y'all, we do it sometimes. That's what that's the danger social media well a lot of us make judgments about people that we have never met and we put when people make posts and we say they think they all that you have no idea no clue why people post the things they post and why they say the things they say do not make an assumption off of 27 characters that I'm able to give you but that's what a lot of us do, and that's what happened with these lepers. Based on what they heard, they knew that Jesus was a healer. They knew that he was a deliverer. They knew that he could speak a word, but they didn't know that he could deal with them. So they stood afar off. They stood at a distance, and they cried out. But even though they stood at a distance, they had volume. <laughs> even though they stood at a different distance, they still had some noise to them. And I want to say to anybody in this room right now who you're at a distance right now, please turn up the volume. Don't be quiet. Like if you're going through something and there's something happening in your life, the only way you're going to get Jesus' attention is if you put some volume on it. I need somebody. That's why I love a noisy church. Because that means the more noise, the more issues. And the more issues, the more Jesus. And the more Jesus, the more issues. I need a messy church. Because I need a messy church that God can clean up. I don't want the pristine. I don't want the chandeliers. I don't want the stained glass windows. I don't want everybody walking around in suits and, and ties and, and all this stuff. And everybody looking all together. I need some people that come in here and say, I barely came to church today. I actually didn't even want to be here today. And the only reason I got here is because Somebody asked for a ride, and I was the only ride they had, and now I'm up in here. But the real truth is I got leprosy, and I need help. The real truth is I feel I'm at a distance, but I'm going to make some noise at this distance. I'm going to call out the name of Jesus, and I'm going to holler until he hears me. That's why I'm here. I did not come here because of one o'clock service. I didn't come here because of these nice pews. I didn't come here because of these dim lights. I came here because I'm at a distance and I need Jesus. Is there anybody in the room right now who can be honest and tell the real truth to say it's real difficult right now? This difficulty that I'm experiencing has got me at a distance. This difficulty, this difficulty that I'm experiencing, this thing I'm going through has got me at a distance that it has pushed me away, but Jesus didn't push me away. Some of us are listening to it when he is trying to draw it. It has put me at a distance where I think that Jesus doesn't want to deal with me. 
And because of it, I have allowed it to stand in the way of me and God. I wish somebody would be real honest right now. I know y'all think this is a motivational speak. I ain't here to motivate you. I'm trying to get your it out of the way. It is keeping me from him. Not him. It's it. I have allowed an it to stand in between me and my relationship with God. I go to church, but I go to church with it. I sing, but I sing with it. I worship, but I worship with it. I preach, but I preach with it. I parent, but I parent with it. And that it is what's keeping me from Jesus. If I could get it out of the way, I can get him in the way. But I'm allowing it to stand in the way. Is there anybody that would be honest to say, I got an it and it's in the way? It's in my way. Come on. Trouble in my way. It's in the way. And I need to get it out of the way. So he said to them, what do you want? They said, have mercy on us for we're lepers. What's interesting about that and what's interesting about this particular text in other times in scripture, when lepers said, have mercy, when lepers talked, Jesus spoke a word and healed them. Or Jesus touched them and healed them. He spoke a word and said, become clean or be cleaned or be healed or whatever. And they were clean or he laid hands on them and they were healed. And this situation is different. In this situation, the first thing he says to them, he says, all right. Scripture says he looked them over, assessed their situation. Then he responds and doesn't say be healed. He says go. Go away. Go. Someone say go. The first thing he says is move. The first thing many of us do when we're sick or going through is be still. Is get paralyzed. We allow it to control us instead of us controlling it. I know some of y'all are quiet because you're thinking. A lot of us have an it that has become the thing that controls us instead of us being the thing that controls it. Jesus said, man, woman, it doesn't say if these were men or women. It says lepers. What that means is it's a universal message. It doesn't, not, it doesn't mean there were 10 men that were lepers. It doesn't mean there were 10 uh, white or 10 black or it doesn't matter. It means there were 10 people who had an issue, 10 of them. And he says to them, go, meaning put some movement where you've been stuck. You got the diagnosis, but the diagnosis has paralyzed you ever since you heard it. You heard what was going on in your life. You heard what was happening. And as soon as you heard it was an issue, you allowed that issue to cause you to have no more movement. And you got stuck. So the first thing you need to do is start moving again. Go. Look at someone around you and say, start moving again. There are a lot of you who are physically in this building, but you are spiritually stuck. Physically here, spiritually stuck. Physically in the place, you put on your makeup. Put on your shoes, put on your robe to tell the story. But there are many of you who are here in the building, but you are spiritually stuck. You cannot adequately say the last time you moved spiritually. You can make unilateral moves naturally and in all your society, but spiritually, when is the last time you moved? 
where God did something, where you allowed him to move. We, heard, we talked about a few weeks ago how God told Abram to move. Get out of your country. Get out of your land. I'm trying to tie all these messages together. He said, get out of your country. Get away from your family. Go to a land that I will show you. And a lot of us have heard the word, but we've done nothing with it. God gave them a word, and the word was move. Go. That was the first thing they had to do. He didn't say be healed. He said go. Move. Someone say move. He said move. Go. And then next after that he says, and then show yourselves to the priest. Go. That's the first word. Second thing is show. Go show yourself to someone. Like start moving. While you're moving, show what's going on with you. Show what's happening. He doesn't say, go, show yourselves, and you'll be healed. No. He says, go, show yourselves. And according to Leviticus law, the reason that he told them to show themselves is because according to the Leviticus law, they had to show themselves to the priest so that the priest could declare themselves clean. Once the priest saw you, the priest would write you a certificate and say this person is certified clean because they were already certified uh, lepers and they were already they already had a certificate to be ostracized from the community, but they also had a certificate by the have to have a certificate by the priest to be welcomed back into the community to say what they had they no longer have. So Jesus, out of respect for the law, said, I'm not going to destroy the law, but I'm going to fulfill the law. You go show yourself to the priest. Go show yourself to people who have the power in this society to be able to declare you clean or declare you back whole back into the community. Go show yourself to them. Now, this is where a lot of us leave the building. We have no problem. Some of us have no problem responding to Jesus' command to go. But we do have a problem with dealing with other people. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, which means show yourself to someone who's in authority. Show yourself to someone who knows what you had, but is also going to be able to declare you not having that anymore. There are a lot of us, to be really honest, there are a lot of us who would love to have our issues privately and not share them publicly. That's why a lot of us who are a certain hue do not believe in counseling. Because we believe that what happens in the house stays in the house. But what happens when your house has leprosy? What happens when generations of you are dealing with the same thing and nobody says anything? So when people see you, they say, oh, you know that so-and-so shall, and you know how they are. You know that so-and-so's family, and you know how they are. What happens when everybody gets used to having leprosy? Everybody's used to having issues. Everybody's used to having drama. Everybody's used to having a bad attitude. And, everybody, and people say stuff like, well, that's just how I am. But do you have to stay that way? Do you? Like, do you really have to die like that? So when Jesus says, go and show yourself, he says, go show yourself. He said, I don't want you to do this privately. Go publicly because everybody already knows what your issue is anyway. Everybody knows what you're dealing with. I remember a long time ago when um, I, um, um, Mother Higgins was there. I believe she was. Uh, I remember when um, I had been struggling. It wasn't a struggle, but it was maybe running from the call to preach. I remember it. Remember it? Lord, I remember it. I did not want to preach. I want y'all to know that. And I know you're not supposed to say stuff like that, but it's the truth. I just didn't want to do it. I wanted to be used by God in so many ways beyond preaching. 
Like, I wanted to direct the choir for the rest of my life. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to sing. I wanted to play the piano. That's all I wanted to do. But preach? Good Lord, no. Get in front of people? No. I, didn't. I was not interested in that. Easter speech? Yes. Preaching? No. Wasn't interested in that. And I struggled with that. And I, I, I really had a hard time dealing with that. And I was dating someone at that time who her main name was. Didn't really matter. Obviously, she didn't make it. But anyhow, so at that time, <laughs> glory to God, she didn't make the cuts. But anyhow, so it, it did just it, I was going through. And I had a bad attitude and all that stuff. It was really bad. It was just a really bad time because I did not want to submit to the will of God. Some of y'all going to get that tomorrow. Y'all like, what did he just say? I said it and just kept going, didn't I? But see, the thing, I had a struggle with it. I didn't want to preach. I wanted to do anything but that. Then that Sunday, I remember Monica Monday was singing a song, sing a song called I Prayed About It. God still answers prayer. Next thing I know, I was before the church. Don't even know how I got there. Tears in my eyes. And I remember the pastor saying, where did you come up here? <sighs> I want to confess. I've been running for a long time. I want to say I've been called to preach. Now, the thing is, I thought... It was a secret that nobody knew I was called to preach, that I was the only one having a hard time dealing with it. And I remember after it was over, people came into me. They said, it took you long enough. And I said, y'all knew I was called to preach? They said, Lord, these songs would be so long because you would interrupt the song and you would start preaching. We were like, just give it up already, please. And, me, and it's interesting because after I, I surrendered, I never did it again. They said, finally, we can get through a whole song without you grabbing the microphone. And even though that was preaching and I had a hard time with that, there are some of you who think, you, you, you think no one knows that you are the issue but you. <laughs> you think nobody smells you. People smell it coming. And they have to prepare themselves to deal with it. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, I don't want you to just move, but I want you to go show yourself. Why? For accountability purposes. I want you to go show yourself to the priest so that you can be accountable. Someone say accountable. It is a word that many of us don't want to talk about anymore. That when you get delivered and when you get set free from something, you are now accountable to it. Like, don't make a confession you don't want to be accountable for. Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. He said, I want you to be accountable. I want them to declare that this thing is really happening in your life. So what happened is 10 of them went, one, they, 10 of them responded, 10 of them, 10 of them went. But scripture says, as they went, let's say that together, as they went. Let's say it one more time, as they went. As they went, as they start moving, one of them noticed that they had been healed. One of them noticed. I found that very interesting. So were the 10 so concerned and so ambitious and so engaged in their movement that they didn't recognize that healing was happening while they were moving? Do you know sometimes, this is what, what he spoke to me, do you know sometimes you can be so married to your issue that you don't realize when your issue has left you? You can be in such, um, um, uh, in a, such language of talking about it so much that you don't even realize it doesn't even have a hold on you anymore. There are some things in my life that I can no longer even testify about anymore because it has no sting on me. 
There's some things I don't even talk about anymore. There used to be a time that I would talk about certain things and it would bring me to the point of tears because the sting was still there. But now there's some things that I can talk about and it doesn't even move me. It doesn't even have a hold on me anymore because as I kept going, it left me. As I kept moving, instead of rehearsing it, but as I kept moving and kept putting movement on it and kept working on it, I looked up and that thing had left me. And I want to give you a word today. Keep working on it. Someone hollered out, keep working on it. I mean, don't stop. I mean, keep moving until that thing has left you. Don't ever get to the point that you get stuck thinking that that thing has to stay. But as they moved, as they went, that thing left, and that, that one of them noticed it. And the person who noticed it, he said, or she, I don't know, one of them said, wait a minute, I noticed I've been healed. And I was healed as I went. Do you know that healing is attached to movement? Healing, let's say it together, since you all are a real quiet class together, let's treat it like a class. Let's say it together. Say healing requires movement. Say it again. Healing requires movement. Write that down. Blessed are they who take notes, for they shall see God. Make sure that when you're healed, that's why the first thing, when you go to the doctor, they, they start to declare you healed from stuff and say things are gone from Yes. Then when they start checking and saying things on you, they say, do something you've never done before. Do something you haven't done for a long time. Reach down or do different things. Some of us have declared we're healed, but we haven't tried anything yet. You declare you're delivered, but you've made it a feeling. Sometimes you can be healed and not feel anything. You can be delivered from something and not feel a thing. Because deliverance and healing is a spiritual thing. And sometimes there is no special emotion that comes with it. It's just a declaring, and I know I'm healed, and now I'm going to start walking in it. I made a confession. I believe the confession. I believe the word. I won't let it fall to the ground. I'm going to start moving. I believe what God said. I'm now going to walk on what God said. I believe God said this will happen. And I'm going to start walking in what God said will happen. If I could borrow Dr. Stacia Emanuel and her testimonies, her story, not mine. A long time ago, she wanted to get pregnant. Couldn't get pregnant for nothing. Obviously, that's happened now. She couldn't get pregnant for nothing. The word of the Lord came through a man of God, said something to her, said, and however many days, God is going to make sure she had tried all different types of things, tried all different types of types of things. I don't know what they are. I ain't never been pregnant. I don't know what they are, but you know what they are. All different types of things, the medical inducements and all this stuff. Let me stop talking before I make up something that y'all start making fun of. But she tried, and nothing would work. But the word of God came to a prophet, said you're going to get pregnant, and not only did she get, not only did she get pregnant, she fell out in the floor because when the word hits you it'll knock something out of you what it did was knock barrenness out of her and create a fertility <laughs> she moved on that word I can't tell you how she moved on it but all I know is nine months later she was pregnant y'all fill in the blank some of y'all need to put some movement to this thing faith without works is dead I didn't say shout on it. I said move on it. If God gave you a dream, put some movement on it. If God told you to write a book, get some pages written. God told you to start a blog, get a web domain. If God told you to start a podcast, get a microphone. If God told you to get married, stop being in everybody's sheets. Did I hurt your feelings? It's that, it's that simple. 
If you're ready for a house, start preparing for it. Get your credit together. You got to work on it. Nicole can get you a house, but make sure that you get yourself together and that you got your credit together and don't ask her to pray for something that you hadn't worked on. Someone say pay your bills. But sometimes God will put you in a situation that you're not waiting on him. You, he's waiting on you. When the man, when the person noticed that they were healed, what did they do? Showed himself. And the last thing, he showed himself, he saw. He saw himself. He, he said, I see that I'm healed. I see that there's something different about me. Instead of him continuing to get confirmation from somebody else, that person said, you wait a minute. Let me rewind this thing. I had leprosy. Jesus showed up. Jesus told me to go. I went. And when I went, I got healed. Let me rewind that again. I had an issue. I saw Jesus. I hollered at the man. The man didn't touch me, but he told me to go. I start working on that thing that he told me to work on, and I look back and notice I got healed. Wait a minute. I had something a long time before I met him. I had something that was controlling my life, something that I had settled with. Jesus showed up. I hollered at the man. The man did not touch me, but he came into my life. And when that man came into my life, I started working on some things. And when I started working on some things, I noticed that I was healed. Wait a minute. Something happened. Somebody came. Somebody showed up. When they showed up, I started to respond to who showed up. And that person who showed up is Jesus. And that man had mercy on me. And I started working on that word. And when I started working on that word, I looked up and I got healed. I want to know, is there anybody in the room who got some words you've been working on? Got something that you've been doing in your life? And when you look back and say, I've been working on that thing. I've been chewing on that thing. I've been meditating on that thing. And before I know it, I wound up being healed. And something that was on me is no longer on me anymore. Somebody say, I'm working on something. Somebody holler it out, I'm working on something. There are some things in my life that I'm working on. It might seem like it's taking a long time. But the more I work on this thing, at some point, I'm going to look up and that thing's going to be gone for me. Keep working on it. He looked up. Jesus showed up. He responded to what Jesus said. She said, wait a minute. Something happened. Something's different about me. And this is what I love. I'm sorry. I want to shout right now, but y'all don't want to shout today. He or she or they did not wait for someone else to affirm them. Christina, they affirmed themselves. They looked at themselves and said, I'm healed. There are some of you, it's what you're saying to yourself that's keeping you. It's not what other people are saying. It's the conversation you haven't had with yourself. When is the last time you looked at yourself and said, I'm better than this. I'm stronger than this. I'm wiser than this. There's more to me than this. I can be more than this. And I'm not waiting on a ninja to tell me nothing. I looked in the mirror and told my own self. He told himself I'm healed. He said to himself, I'm healed. I want somebody to practice it right now. Put your hands on yourself and said, I'm healed. 
Come on, put your hands on yourself and say, I'm healed. I know it still hurts, but I'm healed. What it means is I'm making a confession that's got to remove my pain. And the more I confess, the more I say, I'm trying to teach y'all how to start talking to yourself. The woman who had the issue of blood, she said to herself, if I can get to Jesus, Jesus didn't tell her to come. The woman said to herself, some of y'all are waiting on somebody to tell you something that you haven't told yourself. The woman said to herself, if I can touch Jesus, I will be made whole. Somebody holler at your boy and say, talk to yourself. Uh, the woman talked to herself. She said, I don't like this. I don't want to be like this. I don't want to stay here. I don't like this issue. And I told myself that if I can get near Jesus, he can heal me. So one of the lepers said, I'm healed. What's interesting is there were others, but obviously they didn't talk to themselves. I just want to know, is there anybody in the room who's crazy enough to talk to yourself? I mean, is there anybody in the room, I mean, can you be crazy enough to even answer yourself? When somebody, when you say yourself, you say, you crazy. You're like, no, you ain't. You ain't crazy. Don't believe that. Don't believe that. And you tell yourself, sometimes you get, somebody, come on, let's be real. Some of y'all say stuff like, I'm broke. Your other selves, and you say, you ain't broke. You are the righteousness of God. You are, the, you are wealthy. You are, you, are, you are a lender. You are not a borrower. You have to have a conversation with yourself and start to be able to say, trouble don't last always. This thing cannot last in my life. I know it might have happened in my mama. It might have happened in my daddy, but it can't stay with me. So Somebody say, talk to yourself. Sherlock, are there any other lawyers in your family? But he had to have a conversation with himself. Y'all missed it. I asked him, are there any other lawyers in his family? That means nobody else had the conversation to say, I can be what I've never seen. Some of y'all waiting on the shouting point. You can't shout when you don't say nothing. You can only shout when you've had a conversation with yourself. The reason I'm in this room is because I had a talk with myself. Some of you, Jesse, are there any other PhD people in your family? There is? How many? Well, never mind. Take too long. There's a whole lot of them. But somebody had to have a conversation a long time ago to say that's going to be you. A whole lot of us in the family. I want somebody to point to somebody and say, I ain't the last one. Come on, point to somebody and say, I ain't going to be the last one. I might be the first one, but I won't be the last. He said, I'm healed. Had a conversation with himself. Said, I'm healed. And then he didn't just stop there. He turned back and said, I'm going to go back to the one who started it. I'm going to go back. And when he went back, I feel like preaching, I'm through. And when he went back. He didn't go back to say, I'm healed. He said, I just want to tell you, thank you. <laughs> I came back to tell you, thank you. What am I thanking you for? I'm thanking you because you could have left me the way you found me. You could have left me like this. I feel like preaching. I'm sorry. I could have stayed like this. You, you could have left me like I was. You, you could have left me ostracized. You could have left me like this. You could have left me with leprosy. But I'm so glad you didn't leave me like you found me. Is there anybody in the room that can holler out and say, he didn't leave me like he found me. Since he came into my life, oh, what a change 
has come in my life. I feel like the old song that the deacons used to sing. Excuse me, they would say, shackled by a heavy burden beneath the load of guilt and shame. Since the hand of Jesus touched me, I am no longer the same. I know as Baptist, but it still works for me. Somebody open your mouth and say, shine on me. Somebody say, shine on me. I mean, don't leave me like this. Don't let me stay like this. Don't let me die like this. Don't let me park like this. Don't let me be, don't let me be finished like this. Father, if there's anything else you can do for me, I need you to do it right now. If you can change me, I want you to change me. If you can heal me, I want you to heal me. If you can deliver me, I want you to deliver deliver me somebody say shine on me so that particular person I might as well preach because I feel like it and it's my sermon I can preach if I want to preach if I want to so the man when he realized that he didn't have it no more Kiana he walked back and said I come to tell you thank you thank you for not leaving me like that thank you for not leaving me like that and what Jesus said to the man he said weren't there 10 other people weren't there other people they got healed he said I ain't worried about them I didn't even ask them if they were coming but because I'm so grateful that you healed me because I'm so grateful that you delivered me because I'm so grateful I might have been the first one in my family so I'm so grateful that you gave me another chance because Walter Hawkins said tragedies are a commonplace all kinds of diseases people are slipping away economies down people can't get enough pay but as for me all I can say somebody say thank you Lord it may not mean anything to anybody else it may not be important to anybody else but ain't nobody had the sickness you had ain't nobody had the leprosy you had but if there's anybody in here under the sound of my voice who can say I had something but I came to report that what had me couldn't keep me what was in my life couldn't stay in my life why couldn't it stay because I met a man named Jesus and when I met the man named Jesus I didn't come to him but he came to me and when I look back over my life Caesar I feel like preaching when I look back over my life when I look back over the times that I thought I was gonna die I didn't die I almost died but I didn't die I almost quit but I didn't quit and I came back to tell you thank you thank you for healing me thank you for setting me free thank you for wiping the slate clean thank you for your grace thank you for your mercy thank you for your kindness thank you for your strength thank you for your anointing thank you for your power thank you for salvation thank you that I'm walking thank you that I'm breathing thank you that I'm talking thank you that I can hear thank you that I can see 
thank you that I can open up my mouth and give you glory. Jesus, I won't forget what you've done for me. Jesus, how can I forget how you set me free? I want somebody in this room to open up your mouth and say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And if you never do another thing, thank you for what you've already done. If you never do another thing, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm sorry, I got a little happy. Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for being so good to me. Somebody open your mouth, say thank you, Lord. And what I loved about it is that that person came back and he said, where are the other people? He said, I can't be worried about the other people, but I am the one who came back to tell him thank you. And I want to know, is there anybody in the room who can say, I am the one. Thank you for paying off the bills. Thank you for allowing me to get in college. Thank you for allowing me to get in the master's program. Thank you for keeping me. But I want to take this moment right now to say if nobody else thanks you, I am the one. I'm 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 the girl. I'm the man. I'm the grandmama. I'm the mama. I'm this husband. I am the one. Somebody point towards heaven and say, I am the one. I don't want you to get it twisted. I don't want you to get it twisted. I'm your boy. I'm saying thank you. I'm saying thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Jesus, I'm through. I got to get out of here. I got to stop it. Jesus said, well, they're not other people. He said, I don't know about the other people, but I'm the one. Jesus said to them, in essence, he said, well, those people, they got healed. But for you, you're going to be made whole. They got a healing. Healing means that I might have to come back to get healed again. But because you came back to tell me thank you, you came back to give me glory. You don't just get a healing. I'm going to put you all the way back together so that thing can never come back. That thing can never come back. I want somebody to holler and say it can't come back because there's no more openings. There's no more holes. I'm holy Jesus. I'm holy Jesus. I'm not just healed, but I'm made whole. I'm made whole. Somebody just open your mouth and say, I'm made whole. I'm made whole. Everybody stand to your feet all over the building. I can't tell them thank you without getting excited. I'm sorry. Some of us, some of you are on the deficit of your gratitude. Some of your accounts are negative because you haven't praised God in a long... You let everybody else do what he wants you to do. 
It was your leprosy, not mine. He wants to know, will you be the one to turn back to say, thank you. Thank you for healing me. The, the historians say that the reason that the other nine didn't come back is because they believed in Jesus as a healer, but not as a Messiah. Sometimes you need to clear your space of people who can't believe in all that you are. They couldn't come back because they only wanted one part of it. One person said, I want all of it. I don't want to just be healed. I want you. Because if I have you, then if there's an issue again, I know where to go. There was a story of a, a girl one time who, story of a, guy, a girl one time where her dad was trying to take the, take the bear from her. She had a small bear. She was trying to, he was trying to take the bear from her. She said, no, it's, it's my bear. It's my bear. You can't have my bear. He's like, just, just trust me. She's like, you can't have my bear. It's my bear. He said, trust me. They went back and forth for a long time. Finally, she said, daddy, if you want it, you can have it. She finally gave her bear to the daddy. Daddy reached around his arm. He had a bigger bear than the one she gave up. He said, I just wanted to see, would you trust your daddy? If you can trust me, I got more than what you already have. But you got to trust me. I want somebody right now. I, don't, I know it's difficult. I know leprosy. I know it seems, it seems like it's canceled you out. Thank you for your prayers and generous support that grant us the opportunity to do ministry. Now, this connection doesn't have to end here. Visit our website, engage with our social platforms, comment, review, screenshot, and share your growth with others. And until next time, keep growing.